0: What is up junkies it's Micah and I know you're probably wondering where that awesome intro music is and I promise that's coming up soon but big news for the pigskin junkies as we have gotten our first sponsor of the podcast. Now I know you're probably wondering who it is so thanks for asking let me tell you about them. Viva Tequila Seltzer is a refreshing and drinkable hard seltzer with 88 calories, zero carbs, zero sugar and 4.5% alcohol by volume. Viva is the for your post-game celebrations, as it was created with the active lifestyle in mind. Viva flavors their tequila seltzers because flavor is the spice of life and like their drinks with a kick, which is how they also like to live their lives. The flavors pair perfectly with their artisanal Blanco tequila for a subtle and refreshing drink. Viva's and the Pigskin Junkies' belief is to live long, live well, and live it up. Hashtag Viva Up. What's up, Junkies? Welcome back in for another edition of Pigskin Junkies. Myself, Michael Larson, Brett Nierengard, and joining once again here to talk week 10. It's insane. We've reached double digits of the college football season. Uh, you spend the whole year waiting for it to get here, and it just it goes by so fast. So, Brett, with that being said, back in the saddle. I know we took a little hiatus last week. Rodeo is getting, getting turned up. You guys are, what, kind of at the end of the season here?
1: We're we're a month out. Finals are December first through the tenth, so we're in full on preview mode every single day around here. Yeah.
0: And I was uh, I was up in the, on the plains of Auburn this past weekend and got to sit there and enjoy the um, the game. I guess is what you could call that. It's over. My misery is finally done. Is it? Yeah, he got fired Monday, so now the fun but, like, begins. Is it?
1: Done? I was gonna say, but like, is it done? Like, is it actually done?
0: I I don't know. <laughs> I mean, whatever it is, that's, that's got to be better than what we're at right it's now.
1: It's got to be better. It feels, I'll give you some assurance from the outside, this feels this feels a little Chad Morris at Arkansas. Like, there's no way Auburn should ever be that bad. Yeah. So, some, like, anyone competent will come in and boom, six, seven wins and you're like, this is awesome. Eight, nine the next year, right back on track. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way I see it. Like I said, there's no way they should be this bad
0: yeah it and and with transfer portal and how that can all work, and with like our eleven million dollars and growing war chest of n i l money um I'm sure things can the, the ship can be turned around right away and and speaking of Brett, you know we were talking about guys we remember watching growing up playing ball and uh now in coaching positions, I cannot tell you i was I was assuming that Zach Etheridge, who played for Auburn, was going to be named interim since he was assistant head coach already on the team. But uh for Carnell Cadillac Williams to be named the interim that's head coach, the interim head coach. Yeah, was, Are you uh, kidding me? Yeah Cadillac he was our tailback's coach and uh for him to be named head coach was it was a a beautiful adrenaline shot into the program, into the fans. So uh, all I'm saying is next week when those lines first come out on Auburn AM, maybe try and snag Auburn uh, with a lot of points, because when they announce him as interim coach at the start of the game, 87,000 people are going ballistic for Cadillac. So,
1: uh, Kind of a seminal moment. I don't know how Mike Hart's health is. I know he collapsed on the sideline right. earlier this year. But from our childhood, Mike Hart is now the running back's coach in Michigan, and Cadillac Williams is the running back coach at Auburn. How wild is that? It's yeah. come back from oh three, oh four, oh five, and – say that i think we pretended to be both of them hundreds of times over <laughs> and over again i have not heard that name forever that's mm-hmm. i don't know how I, I don't know how that news never made to, made it to my desk but i'm glad i got to react live to
0: that yeah we uh outside of see obviously i mean you and i watching go for football on saturdays we had lawrence maroney and marion barber uh marion barber obviously being in the news this off season, passing away in his apartment which was devastating if I might be honest. Um, and then the only duo in college football that was better than them was Ronnie Brown and Cadillac at Auburn. Ronnie Brown's now back in town. He's a sideline reporter for the radio call. And Cadillac is now the interim head coach. So it's a pretty cool and Jason Campbell comes back and does pregame shows here and there. So it's a pretty cool pretty cool nostalgic moment for me on the Plains.
1: Did they ever do did Brown and Williams? They ever do both 1000 yards? That ever happened? I know that was the calling card. Did you have a poster in your room for Maroney and Brown to, or and uh, Barber doing it one year?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah that was a that was a good poster. I wish I yeah. still had it.
1: Now, <laughs> right. I mean, now too, that would be yeah. that would be an awesome poster to come around
0: on. Huh? Mhm. Those were good times, but with with nostalgia behind us. So obviously Auburn moving on in the head coaching search. Brett and I will have lots of conversations about our two alma maters going through. There. We might
1: be competing. We yeah. might be both. We might be both down fighting for Matt Rule. So who knows?
0: I would honestly off myself if Matt Rule was
1: an head coach. Have you ever seen Matt Rule's record against the spread in college? No, it's insane. It's like thirty nine and twenty. Like it is actually <laughs> in, like it is inordinate. <laughs> At Temple, he was like 75% against the spread or something like that. That's I remember true. looking that up once in college.
0: But against I mean, the spread versus winning football games. Yeah.
1: Well, against mm-hmm. the spread at Temple has got to matter for something, right? That's
0: true. That's fair.
1: If you go from Temple to Carolina Panthers in four years, all right, I'm done. We'll fight over Lincoln.
0: Anyway. Well, yeah, exactly. Now we're talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> with that being said, a big week of college football. Obviously, we have the number one Tennessee Volunteers after the college football playoff announced their first rankings taking on georgia in athens we'll do that in the gun to the head segment but we're just going to dive into some games here that are off of the top 25 matchups to talk about here brett i'll give you the floor what's the first on your card because i think you got a few more than i do this week
1: i do my first one is texas minus two, minus two and a half at kansas state after kansas state just molly oklahoma state 48 nothing this is a hundred percent. This falls into the Vegas knows something we don't territory. There is no way looking at this game, you got to turn the paper every direction to figure out why Texas is <laughs> favored, and you got to look at it and say whoever's model they use for all of these things, they just they know better. And when the model knows better than we do, it knows way better than we do. I think Texas wins this game comfortably. Ooh. I think this. I think this Kansas State quarterback situation is kind of. A bit of a conundrum because of how well Will Howard played last week, and I don't think Will Howard's going to play that well again. I think if they do play Adrian, that is actually – like I would start Will Howard is what I'm trying to say here because if you start Adrian, you're going to be behind the sticks all game. Texas rush defense is really, really good. Mm -hmm. Kansas State struggles on third down. They were good last week because they jumped out to an early lead. But if they have to play from behind, I'm not sure – how I feel about Will Howard playing from behind and Adrian Martinez playing from behind for different reasons. And I think Texas early down offense stays ahead of the sticks. I think they score and get not a huge lead, but I think Texas will be up by a touchdown or two early. And that puts Kansas state in a really, really difficult spot. They're a lot like the Browns where like Mm -hmm. they're terrific when they have a lead and it was (laughs) awesome that they were able to get an early lead and take advantage against Oklahoma state. Um, But I just don't see that happening. I think fluke's not the right word. But that game obviously had to go perfectly for Kansas State to be the most lopsided or whatever it was, the biggest ranked win. I think since – or in top ten matchup, I think since Nebraska beat – or since Ohio State beat Nebraska 62-3. I think that's the only other game that was a more <laughs> lopsided top ten, top 15, whatever the numbers came out. in point being, ranked teams don't lose to other ranked teams by 48
0: very often. That's true. Um, so I'm with you. I keep going back to that game, and I think that a lot of the public is going to be coming in on Texas. So I'm trying to watch that line and see if it moves uh, anymore, at least in the money line department as well. That if you get as too much public public play that push the line to a point where I'd feel comfortable getting Kansas State. Um, but I'm with you. I think this is one of those that you look at the line, you're like, ah, uh, if it. If it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. You know, like, you just – there's something something off about it. I'm with you. And
1: and this is definitely one of those where, like, you have to remember, which as you get older and step away from college a little bit, that you remember that they are kids, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote. But, like, they're 18- and 19-year-olds. And 18- and 19-year-olds, whatever they had in that Oklahoma State game, that cannot be sustained for Kansas State. And Mm -hmm. whatever – vinegar texas is coming off a buy they're going to be fired up and ready to play after blowing the game to oklahoma state two weeks prior so mm-hmm. oklahoma state kind of a weird through line here but i think again not not a letdown but it, it, it's just hard to play that well two weeks in a row and it's easy to come out fired up when you've had a lot of time to think about a game you should have won so
0: yeah and in this speaking of oklahoma state i'm getting this has come down to a pick them somehow uh, after opening up his six-point favorites, Oklahoma State, now against Kansas. So they're looking for a little bit of revenge against the state of Kansas here. Uh, it's down to a pick em. And in my head, I'm like, okay, I th- Oklahoma State should win this football game. I, I don't know. Kansas is a good team, but Oklahoma State's going to come out with their hair on fire.
1: 100%. And- And again, like it's it's the exact thing that I just talked about, like how if you have any pride and Mike Gundy runs a very prideful program, like there's programs that you can tell just not can tell, but there's programs that just roll over. Sometimes Mm -hmm. Oklahoma State has never been and never will be a rollover program under Mike Gundy. So they're going to come out pissed off and they know Kansas is vulnerable because Kansas sucks would be a little too harsh. I mean, Kansas is not the same Kansas that we saw before. This Kansas team might not even make a bowl game. So I agree. That's actually one of my next ones because I was going to save it. But that's also an <laughs> SP plus special. Oklahoma oh. State, number 19 in SP plus. Still number 11 on offense. Kansas, number 52 on SP plus. There is no way teams in any metric that is a true power rating, anyone's model, anyone's metric. If you are 32 spots apart in a pick I'm going to take the higher-ranked team even if I have no idea how your model works. Cause I also just yeah. trust St. plus. I made it sound like it's like this fictional thing that I have no idea what it is. I, I, I use it as a calling card very often.
0: Yeah. Even if I don't know how it works,
1: I love it. I uh, yeah. I can tell you how anyone's model works, but I know there's smarter people running it and anyone with a public model. I'm like, huh, If there's a big discrepancy here. That's something I'm going to have to look into cause right. they have done the math that I am incapable of doing. Yeah.
0: They, they know how to do this somehow. Uh, I'll let you do another one since I stole a pick from you there, and and you, like I said, you got more than me, so you can oh, you can fun. double dip. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll double dip, and I'll go straight to my other SP Plus special: Liberty at Arkansas. Arkansas minus thirteen and a half was the last I saw in that game. Uh, Liberty's offense is terrible, like mm-hmm. really, really, like abominably bad. And Arkansas's defense isn't very good. And how you beat Arkansas, how you beat anyone, is to score on them. But how you beat Arkansas specifically is to outscore them. And so I don't think that I, I, I don't think that Liberty will be able to take advantage of the negative parts of Arkansas. I think Arkansas is going to be able to score pretty reliably in this game. I think the biggest worry is actually like a backdoor cover. Rest the starters when they're up by 28 at halftime, because <laughs> I'm just going to flip on and you're going to be like, all right, let's check in on that one. All right. 28, seven on to the next thing. And again, like I said, SP plus special Arkansas, number 27, Liberty, despite being number or despite being seven and one, number 72 in sp plus that's brutal nebraska's ranked higher than in sp plus <laughs> i ranked higher than, than them in sp plus so that's why i'm taking arkansas in that game
0: yeah i i feel like liberty is just they've won their game for the year against byu like that was a huge huge i don't know if it was just a religious holy war or whatever it was but you know you got liberty wins and i feel like that was kind of their huge moment fans went nuts uh I like our with Jefferson being back, this Arkansas team is just so different. Um he again, after watching him in person last week, it's like watching Cam. Now I'm not saying he's as good as Cam Newton, but as far as we had defensive linemen that had free shots at him and they just couldn't bring him down. The dude is a brick wall. He he lifts weights. Yeah. <laughs> you're not supposed to lift weights when you're a quarterback, man. You can't <laughs> It's going to wreck your arm um, he's, he's in squat rack that's for sure oh yeah he's a he's a big boy and so i just this team pittman has got him playing a perfect brand of football for his the way he likes to play ball and and they do great at it and i'm with you i think defensively and liberty's offense is just awful and i do think arkansas's defense is pretty solid so i'm i like that one as well i haven't pulled the trigger on it but i'm i'm eyeing that one as well uh my, I believe
1: Rocket Sanders has been one seventy plus the last two games for Arkansas as well. So yeah, He that's
0: they're so good. <laughs> it's just it's unreal. He every time he wouldn't be touched for like six yards either. I mean, he's got some pun intended hogs on the O line. I mean, those boys Bielema started it and then
1: Sam Pittman made damn sure he finished. Huh? Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> oh man, uh, my next pick on the card—a little bit of a bounce back week. I had him last week. Uh, UAB plus one and a half. Or excuse me, this is a pick 'em now. It opened at plus one and a half. Uh, UTSA is a good team. I think there might be—you know—their coach might be getting looked at for some other openings. They. UAB had a really bad loss last weekend to I believe it was FAU. They played Western Kentucky before that. So essentially they played the second best team in Conference USA. Let down spot against FAU, which they shouldn't have ever lost that game. And then um and now they get I th- I think they were looking ahead at this U T S A game. So I look for the Blazers to bounce back here and a them. Uh that's where I feel comfortable with. I don't really
1: have anything. Obviously I haven't haven't looked much into UTSA UAB, but I just I, I really like both programs. That's all I can really say about that. I think the both programs on the rise. And I really, really like what UTSA has done. Is it trailer trailer? Jeff Trailer, is that that's the coach, right? Jeff yes. Jeff Trailer, Jeff Trailer. Jeff
0: Trailer, huh? If you say it enough, eventually we'll get I it. I right? knew it was
1: I, I knew it was I knew it was somewhere. Yeah, Jeff Trailer. Right? Yep, you're right. Yeah, but he's like eighteen and two or three in his last twenty twenty one something like that. So he's, like I said, tough to do at UTSA.
0: Yeah, I think, and I think he's starting to get some traction for the coaching gigs elsewhere, um, which I enjoy. Conference USA just sometimes just feels like such wholesome college football. I just love. I miss it.
1: I miss the purest back when it was like Louisville, Memphis, UAB, the pure that Tulsa TCU. TCU, Houston, that's like what I Cincinnati I think was in mm-hmm. there. That's the purest. Conferences in like two thousand seven were as pure as they'll ever be, but especially those like that and the old whack slash oh, Whack was great. When you never knew which team was in which one. Like yeah. That was that was perfect. Now it's kind of a shell of itself. isn't U T S A going to the American next year too.
0: Uh I think so, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think they were part of – which is kind of funny that the American just kind of like took over Conference USA and have, has a very similar name and now they're just rating Conference USA <laughs> yeah. and their best sport programs are gone. Mm-hmm. So actually we might get the old Conference USA back.
0: There we go. Uh, we're yeah. building. Roundabout way of getting there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that, that's my UTSA UAB take.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I think that was a great take.
1: <laughs> um, my only other one, I believe it's my – oh, no, I have two left, but I will uh, – I'll go to the one that I just happen to be looking at there. I love Michigan minus 26 and a half this week. I, oh. think, it, I think it is kind of similar to – it two weeks ago that Ohio State was minus 30 against Iowa? Mm-hmm. And, you just, and you just had to be like, I think Iowa – I'm approaching this game in a way that I think Iowa is not scoring. Right. I'm, appro- I'm approaching that game in a very, very similar way. I am not sure – that Rutgers scores in this game and Michigan they're the only team in the last five six years I've ever seen have this much firepower in their run game where mm-hmm. every time Blake Corum touches the ball not like a game breaker like outside speed kind of way but you just think it's going to be schemed up and there's going to be a big hole and he's going to break one for 60 yards I mean they have the best rushing offense in college football mm-hmm. I don't know if the numbers back that up I believe they would say they're top five depending on what you look at But they have the most prolific rushing offense in college football. Rutgers' defense is not very good. Specifically, their rush defense is worse than their pass defense. So Michigan's going to stay ahead of the sticks. Forget four yards a pop, it's going to be five, six, seven yards a pop. And then every time they get Rutgers in a third long, which they will do often, because Michigan's defense is good and Rutgers is bad, Rutgers converts 33% of their third downs, and Michigan stops their opponent on 72% of third downs. So those are a big inverse of each other. Michigan one of the best third down defenses. Rutgers one of the best third down offenses. So I think they'll have no trouble forcing three and outs, getting the football back for them to have a four minute drive and go score again. I think it's twenty eight nothing at halftime. This is the makings of like fifty two six to me. It feels like feels like one of those beatdowns. Well and Harbaugh, like it's,
0: you know, is gonna be using the college football rankings as, as game fuel. I mean
1: <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Michigan is running its front run for four hundred yards against good teams this year. Yeah. they will I don't know if you can get team rushing lines, but if I could get an adjusted team rushing line, which would be a real sicko bet, I'd bet over 395.5 on Michigan at plus 400 if I could find it somewhere. That
0: is honestly a sicko bet. If you find that somewhere, that's just disgusting. If I could find
1: an adjusted rush line total, that would be the most sicko bet of all time. But if there's any team I would trust to make that bet, it would be Michigan. If there's any defense in the Big Ten, maybe other than Nebraska, I would take Rutgers <laughs> to be the opponent for it.
0: Yeah, Blake Coram already over a thousand rushing yards on the season, fourteen touchdowns. Um it is kind of crazy though. Moe Ibrahim Mo at uh nine hundred and fifty five and playing seven games this year.
1: You're like, oh. Well, he was yeah. I mean, he was if he didn't get hurt in that first Ohio State game a couple of years ago, he would run for eighteen hundred yards that year.
0: Yeah, he would run for eighteen hundred in the Ohio State game. <laughs> yeah, people forget that. Yeah. Uh you know who's number two on the list? Obviously Chase Brown, number one at Illinois because do they throw the ball? Is the forward pass invented in the state of Illinois yet?
1: Well, you talked about – we talked about Sam Pintman finishing the job at Arkansas. Bielema just took all the bad parts and from Arkansas, left him there, and took all the good parts to Illinois. I didn't realize this. They put this up in the Nebraska broadcast last week. I was in Lincoln for the game, which is unfortunate. It was a good time, but really just a wah, wah, wah kind of environment. <laughs> and uh, Bielema is now 10-3 and three in his last 13 games at Illinois, Yeah, which I was – I was floored by. I thought it was his third year, too. I didn't realize that he just one year and just whipped it all the way around. I think he started like two and five there. And, again, he has won 10 of his last 13 at Illinois.
0: Yeah, he's got a good oiled machine there going. Uh, Do you know who number two is, though, on that list? Take a guess.
1: Well, I probably would have guessed Rocket Sanders if we didn't just look it up. But I don't think that's correct because otherwise you probably would have said that already. Is it – he is Anthony over 1,000 yards. Anthony Grant from Nebraska has got to be up there, right? I'll say Anthony Grant.
0: He is not in the top 10. It is Dwayne uh, McBride, UAB. Really? Yeah. I would
1: have never gotten that in a
0: million years. 1,146 yards on the ground. Um, and then I'll give you my last one here. I know we got to get moving here, but we were talking about the teams and, and players that are popping up here and there. Uh, West Virginia. I got this line has moved to seven. Um, this one is at Iowa State. I just think that they're capable of scoring and keeping it within uh, seven. And we're talking about Graham Harrell. Sorry, that was the player we were referring to. I realized mm-hmm. I didn't even. I was like, yeah, we talked about this guy, yeah, and he's, then he's there. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Uh, so I like the Mountaineers in that one. I just I I haven't been sold on Matt Campbell on this Cyclones team this year. So I I trust West Virginia to go in there and keep it within a touchdown.
1: There was, there was and still is a part of me who wants Matt Campbell to coach Nebraska. I just want that on the record somewhere. I think everyone has kind of turned on that thought process. But I still really, really like the idea of it, to be honest with you.
0: I, I loved Matt Campbell. I think just what got weird with him was when he had those interviews last year when they were supposed to like win the Big 12. And he's like, my guys had fun. And it's like, dude, Stop. No one like he, win. win he also
1: I think he has I'm not trying to like psychoanalyze him here, but he has like uh, I think he's just got a lot of stuff bubbling in him because in a game he'll be like he'll be stoic and he won't say anything. But he's had like three or four moments where like he chases down an official. fish. I'm mean, like when I say chase is like <laughs> uncomfortable, like he's done and then comes back for like it's not just like regular coach screaming. And maybe it's because he doesn't do it that often that I feel that way. But like it really is like the, when he explodes, he like really really explodes, and that's mm-hmm. I think him as much more mild manner than that. So again, I think there's just something simmer in there that when he pops off, he really pops off. No yeah. what would he be like practice in that situation? Just something, something to think about. Just with some Matt, some right Matt Campbell there. talk. Yeah, but I mean, I, back to my Nebraska point. Nebraska can use any fire right now. So <laughs> if he is that. If he has that fire, I'll take it. Uh, my last one, I had. Uh, Utah minus 17 and a half is what I saw at Arizona coming Uh to their place. Talk about bad defenses. So last week (laughs) or two weeks ago, I couldn't remember if it was one twenty-nine, one thirty-two, however many teams are in the FPS. Well, I figured it out. It's one thirty-one. And the reason I figured that out is because there are not just one. There are multiple defensive categories that Arizona ranks dead last in. One of them just being EPA margin on defense. That's expected points added. So every time they run a play on defense, they negatively affect their chance to win more than any other team in the country on every single snap. They're also last in defensive success rate, which means teams pick up first downs and chunk plays on them more than they do against any other team in the country. So they they can't stop anybody, and the two most essential advanced stats on defense, they're terrible. They're playing the big boys from Utah. They're playing Cam Rising. They're playing Dalton Kincaid. I think it's gonna be a mess for Arizona in this game.
0: I like I like that you and I we're we're big Utah guys. We're like closet Utah fans. I think.
1: Oh, I've been a closet since since that Florida game. Well, I also thought Florida was gonna be better, but I was like, man, they just yeah. it, that feels like a good loss. One they didn't deserve to lose. One like that. So like. Teams like that, when they regroup, which I know you will get to this, you have an LSU point. That's why I really like LSU this year. Like, they could have easily been 2-2, two and 3-2, two, and two, mm-hmm. and just said transfer portal. But they're still around. They're still in the fight, which I didn't really expect from them this year, to be completely honest with you. I have been floored by their quick turnaround from the last, whatever, three, four weeks. What was the game since they lost to Tennessee? Since they got killed by Tennessee. Yeah, they
0: got murdered. Yeah. Yeah, it – and and Kelly saying, "Oh, they don't like the guy from the north." I'm like, just just shut up. But, anywho, um, yeah. It so we'll, we'll do gun to the head because we got we got that LSU Bama game coming up. But we're gonna start with kind of the most lukewarm. Quick comment, and we'll move on. I don't even know if somebody would have to. I, if somebody made me pick this game with a gun to my head, I'd probably be like, I don't, I don't care enough. Like, just, just pull the trigger. Uh, <laughs> Wake, Wake Forest, number twenty-one in the country, versus NC State, number twenty-two in the country. Wake is minus three and a half. This one's being played in Raleigh, though. Uh, so, do you like the home dog?
1: No, no, I don't. They're playing without their starting quarterback. Good defense over there, but I think this is a quarterback game. NC State's backup versus Sam Hartman. I think it is. I think it is as simple as that. Uh, but I want to make another point because before we were talking about this, we talked about just what a wet blanket this game is. And this game is like, it's an all right game, but it just does nothing. Like, I would rather see two bad teams. I'd rather see a good team and a bad team for a blowout. I would rather see a top 10 matchup. There are just so many interesting, weird things that could happen in a college football game. But like, I would literally rather watch UAB UTSA. Because that feels like more stakes to me. Like at least someone might be on the path to a conference championship. I told you right before we logged on, they're both going to finish eight and four. It doesn't matter why. Like we can, we have to play the game. I understand there has to be a winner and loser, but this is if a tree falls in the forest in the rank game. Did it happen?
0: <laughs> no. No, it did not. Yeah, it was, you,
1: could, you could, I could never know the score of this game, and I would be perfectly content with life.
0: Yeah, I, I can tell you, I will be doing just about anything other than watching this game on AC. It's on ACC Network. Is it really? It's on yeah, ACC honestly, Network.
1: Honestly, good. Don't even tempt me with ESPN, ABC. That's fine. Not that's even perfect, good. That's, yeah, that's the per. That's the perfect place. Make me seek it out to watch it, and I will not do it. Exactly.
0: Oh man. Uh, I'm I'm with you. I think as long as NC State doesn't have a starting QB, then I feel like you gotta go with the with that. Now granted it's on the road, so you kinda go, eh, maybe, but I think even NC State fans are just kinda like, All right, what's the what's the point? Our season's over, we're not gonna win our side, we've already lost to Clemson, so it is what it is. Uh um, Battle
1: of the Daves who will randomly get a coaching job in like three or four years, Doran and Clausen.
0: Yeah. And and so you also nailed the head earlier. You you pulled a gun-to-your-head game out on the start of the bat here with Texas and Kansas State. You're going Texas. Um, I still I'm, – I'm still holding out hope. I might – I think I'm going to go K-State in Manhattan. I know it's a big letdown spot, but it is Texas coming to town. So I feel like it's hard to let your guard down if you play in the Big 12 and you just see – the burnt orange jerseys coming out of the opposing tunnel like you you want to beat texas
1: especially it, especially this year and under even though the record doesn't show it they are they're much better and much more formidable under sark i think anyone who tells you otherwise would just be a texas hater at this point absolutely. despite what the record says
0: I, I do think it's interesting this will be my my one thing i say about this game is that yeah well it has nothing to do with the game but about texas is that Arch is early enrolling now at Texas. So there's a chance that you're going to have an off season of Arch versus Quinn Ewers for the starting QB job.
1: I think Quinn Ewers will be fine. I guess until last week I would have, I would have been <laughs> sterling in that prediction that Quinn Ewers would be fine. But Quinn Ewers is human, which we, which we found out. But I still think Texas sets up favorably. I tried to make the college football playoff case – I won't be surprised if they run the table from here still. And I won't be surprised if it's because Quinn Ewers looks awesome
0: doing it. So, again, it's got to start this weekend. That's for sure. That'll be on FS1. To, yeah. Oh, yeah. It has
1: to, <laughs> for sure.
0: Uh, the first top 10 matchup in the SEC this weekend uh, and our second to last gun to the head pick LSU, number 10 in the country after college football rankings. And I just want to say that this is ESPN. Pub stunt at its finest. I'm not saying that LSU hasn't been impressive, but the fact that they they lit, you know, they put them at number ten so that they can go it's a top ten matchup down in Baton Rouge, top ten matchup, and it's just like they're good, but are they the a top ten team? No, they're not, not yet. But I like that you said not yet because people
1: who have been completely like there have been people completely dismissing LSU like they're terrible and don't even deserve to be ranked, which I. Which I obviously do not agree with, but I think it's a situation of like, who else would you, would you put, like, I wouldn't take any of the teams behind them, UCLA, Ole Miss, anyone like that. So I think LSU at 10, it's like the highest they could have possibly been, but I have no problem with it because anyone else who would be there, I think it's one of those, you know how the rings just kind of stop somewhere every year? Right. I think, I think, I think right now they kind of stop at LSU. Like or before LSU. That's fair. You know what I mean. So I think it's like there has to be a drop off somewhere, and there has to be a significant one somewhere, whether it's at thirteen or sixteen or nineteen, wherever it lines up. Sometimes at six, but I think it just happens to be at number nine, and that's why I have no problem with it because it's not it's not malicious over someone who really really should be there. Again, someone else can make someone else makes a compelling argument to me for Ole Miss, UCLA. Utah, Utah probably is the most compelling one, to be honest, but I just don't see who else would be there is, is my ultimate point with them.
0: Yeah, I I just am so intrigued to see what Alabama does because I feel number six, a six next to Bama's name is one of the most uncomfortable things I've seen in a long time. Um, Bama's almost a two-touchdown favorite, which blows my mind. Uh, I'd be shocked if half of the stadium even remembers the night down there in Baton Rouge. At Tiger Stadium, they are going to be – the Cajuns are going to be ready to rock for a long, long time. And they're going to be hyped for this game. I just uh, – I don't know. But I don't think they cover 13 and a half. I really don't think Bama does because I don't think their offense is that explosive and their defense isn't that good. In, will, again, in comparison to Alabama. Yes. In comparison yeah. to Alabama.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um I would completely agree with that. I think the biggest thing for LSU lately, other than Jaden Daniels in general, but it's Jaden Daniels being comfortable and Jaden Daniels keeping them ahead of the sticks. Mm-hmm. And Alabama is not that great defensively on early downs. LSU is way better on early downs than they are on third downs with Jaden Daniels actually has to throw the ball. So if they can maintain some kind of tempo and some kind of control of the game offensively, I don't think they'll win. But I agree with you. It'll be really, really hard for Alabama to open this thing up because I do think LSU is going to be able to, to put together some quality drives on Bama, and that's something you haven't been able to say for a really long time. Like I think it'll be a situation, not even like Tennessee, where Tennessee had a lot of explosive plays. Like I think there's going to be a drive where LSU controls the ball for six, seven minutes, mm-hmm. and you go, holy shit, they're, they're taking it to them right now. And so I think that'll be, again, a factor in the game in terms of longer possessions for LSU, less explosive plays than Tennessee, which will help them not win the game, but it'll help them cover and keep it close which again, I think is ultimately what happens seven to 10 point game. And it's going to be one of those scenes where the game's about to start and you just look around, whoever you're with, whatever bar, and you're just like, man, this is awesome. (laughs) Like this is like we talked about Tennessee Bama. Like you just, you'll look at that and you'll just say, this is college football right Mm -hmm. here. And and it would be cool if LSU handed Bama a loss in a night game. We just had two, not, not even rooting against Bama, just two epic games, which is usually what it takes to beat Bama. And it's even better when you do it on your home field.
0: Right. Absolutely, and it just—I'm not trying to hate. and I want to go back to my first point. I, I'm not trying to hate on the fact with LSU being number ten. I'm obviously, ESPN saw an opportunity and they seized it. Good on them. Yeah. But it's just one yeah. of those things that it just—it's so blatantly obvious to me that I'm like, come on, man! Like, at least try and because what are they? They're like number fifteen, I think, in the AP poll or in the coaches poll or something like that, which. Again, you're not that far off, but any who's.
1: Are we going to do Tennessee, Georgia next? I have a question about Tennessee, Georgia. If That's what we're doing. That's
0: what we're doing next.
1: Uh, Where do you land on this time of year when the first CFP rankings come out and the AP is already there and ESPN uses the CFP because obviously they do and that's kind of what the world adopts. But sometimes you get situations like this where – it ruins your one-two matchup and now you're doing the number one in both polls things. So I guess what I'm asking you is if you look AP versus college football, like who, who do you think is number one in this game? Like, who do you look at when you say that's the, like, who is the number one team in the country? Cause it's one of these two teams and it's the only time I can remember in my lifetime where you can make an argument that either team is the number one team in the country and
0: be right. Yeah. I, I in my mind, Georgia started the season at number one and now they got jumped when what when Bama when they didn't look too good early and Bama had a good win and I forget who that was against and then Bama lost to Tennessee, so then Georgia took back over the number one spot. In my mind, they haven't done anything to lose that. They're getting you know, they absolutely blew out Oregon and Oregon's doing a very good job in the Pac twelve of blowing everyone else out over there. So I I just in my mind I think to myself if Georgia hasn't done anything to lose the number one spot they should be the number one team in the country Tennessee is the hottest team in the country and hands down easy but to me they're number two
1: I I would agree and I think it kind of not that like anyone really cares because of course it would be ecstatic to be number one <laughs> but it does like making Tennessee. Number one in the pool, which they probably do, to, like on merit, on resume, which is always what it comes down to. The AP, they just go like the AP makes you change it, like you said, like they make you do something wrong. Where the college football playoff has just had eight game clean slate. And if you say eight game clean slate, Tennessee should be number one. If you say George has been the best team all year and no one's proved otherwise, you can make that argument too. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm trying to say here is it kind of sucks for Tennessee. To now, even though they're an underdog, to feel hunted in any way, shape, or form as the number one team because Georgia is like if Tennessee wins, this isn't number one beating number three, it's number two beating number one to me, you know, right? Which goes against everything that I would say because I am in the past an adopter of the college football pool mm-hmm. immediately when it comes out, mostly because it's just easy for me because that's what they put on the screen, right? And well, that's that,
0: what they're going to use.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah. glad we all have a consensus on that because I think when it first started, CBS used to still use the AP for like the first year or two instead of the CFP poll, and it would really mess me up. I like when all the rankings are unified. Yeah, and so they should be. So, all I was going to say, so all that to say that everything I just said about how I like the CFP is wrong in this situation <laughs> because I just think it's, I think it's just like such a weird, unprecedented situation of like, one team's number one, but they're actually number two. And the number three team might be the number one team. And they're both really good. And it doesn't really matter anyway, which is part of the fun. But again, I wish we would have conspired the same way we did for LSU. Said, all right, Georgia can be one. Tennessee can be two because it really doesn't matter because obviously the winner of this is number one. So yeah, I think it took a little and, juice. I think I think we crowned Tennessee a little too early.
0: And, and you got Ohio State. I mean, is, if you're an Ohio State fan – I'm sure there would have been a couple dummies that got on social media. You can't believe that we're number three, SEC bias. It's like, dude, shut up and use your head. One team is going to lose, and next week you're going to be the number two team in the country. So just calm down
1: because you are going to stay there the entire time. (laughs)
0: Yeah, you are. Like, and be okay with it because at the end of the day, you're either going to play, you might play Tennessee or you might play Georgia. Again.
1: I think. I think this is the ultimate with Tennessee with three SEC teams being up there with LSU having a chance to knock off Bama. This is the ultimate. It'll figure itself out. Oregon USC collision course for the PAC 12 title game. First time the PAC 12 has stayed in the mix this long. If they both stay clean, Uh TCU still with everything to play for in the big 12. So it'll all, it'll all find its level. And I think this is really forecasting this now but I think if we get to a point and it comes down to like undefeated Clemson versus undefeated TCU, we would all say, OK, it's Clemson or undefeated Michigan or Ohio State versus undefeated TCU. We would all say it's Ohio State or Michigan. So I think even the ones that might be controversial, depending on how you root for, there's still a pretty clear choice overall mm-hmm. in in those situations. Clemson, TCU, maybe not as clear, but again – the, the winner of the Big Ten is going to be the number two behind the winner of the SEC. The loser of the SEC championship game is probably going to be number three. And then again, the fourth will be...
0: I, I think this year shakes out like 2017 with Auburn. You we get
1: the three-way tie situation going on here?
0: Where this game, technically in the grand scheme of things, I don't think matters much. So you think it is... I think whoever wins the East wins the SEC championship game and is in. Will be the one seed. So they would beat most likely Bama or Ole Miss. They and fall think out. And the
1: loser gets the benefit and becomes three then? Yeah, just
0: like Bama did. They sat at home when Auburn lost to Georgia and Atlanta. And so Georgia was in as SEC champ, that. and Bama squeezed in at number four.
1: What if you get the real messed up situation where then would it be Tennessee would have to beat – no, Georgia would have to beat Tennessee. What's the situation where Bama then wins the SEC title, but they're all 12-1? and one? However, that works out. That's when we get a real mess here. I guess it'd have to be Georgia, Tennessee. Beat here. I got it. Georgia beats Tennessee here, but
0: mm-hmm. then
1: loses to Bama in yeah, the championship. SEC championship, and then we're because then I think you have to put all three in, contrary to what anyone would say. Like those would have to be three of the four best teams.
0: The world would explode.
1: It would, but you would have to. Like I would argue until I'm blue in the face that you absolutely have to do because they would what <laughs> up them in Ohio State or Michigan. I mean, we would never clearly have a four best. Like, they would very clearly be the four best teams in the country. Those three and an undefeated Big Ten champion.
0: And and then you have an undefeated Pac or a one-loss Pac-12, potentially, and a, or yeah, one-loss Pac-12 for sure, and then potentially TCU undefeated on the outside looking in.
1: I will personally fist fight anyone <laughs> in the Fort Worth stockyards who legitimately thinks that TCU is better than... Alabama Georgia Ohio State Tennessee at the I guess end that's
0: of true I keep forgetting you're in Fort Worth
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I'm you know. forgetting I'm in Fort Worth this is the first time again this is why I will never my, my short time in Fort Worth is why I will never respect TCU because I just for the first time today saw a purple TCU shirt outside of TCU's campus for the first time all huh. year long we got big noon kickoff here Reggie Bush and Matt Lyman are probably in a hotel right across the street
0: <laughs> we, can't even, we
1: can't even put on our Horn frog shirts it's pathetic pathetic
0: <laughs> so but that brings us to the question of the segment we really tri- <laughs> we did we so this line opened at eleven and a half, and i immediately pounced on it i got tennessee plus 11 and a half. the line has since nice. moved down to eight um gun to your head brett what are you doing
1: this is the ultimate gun to my head pick this is a field goal game it just is like there's 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 no way this ends anything other than 27 24 on the foot of either kicker i'm not even picking a winner but like, like it just it has to end in a game-winning field goal and so that's why no one can cover an eight-point spread in that case
0: that's true if math if math has taught me anything three is less than eight
1: and if you put those two <laughs> numbers together you get 38 which is how old hendon hooker
0: is <laughs> yeah you wanted to you wanted to get something in there here. Like well, a quick jab. I, I just, do your thing just come wanted,
1: on i'm it's not a jab i just wanted to say out loud that i need the gra. i know they show it before every game but i need the graphics shown as many times as possible to remind everybody that hendon hooker is 25 years old or that he's 24 years and nine months whatever he is Mm -hmm. but this guy is almost 25 years old and it's crazy that we're walking around acting like he's he's a great college football player but i think he's younger than lamar jackson or started college when lamar jackson started college. like Every good NFL quarterback is the same age. Like Josh Allen is his age. Yeah. Like every like every good NFL quarterback is is around his age or like a year old. Like he's older than Justin Fields. He's older than a lot. He's older than Zach Wilson. He's older than all of these guys struggling <laughs> in the NFL. So like that's great, but like. What would Justin Fields numbers be at Ohio state this year? Just to be just as good as CJ Strouds, if not better. I guess Ohio state's a bad example because you're always going to like their quarterback as long as Ryan days there. Yeah. It's going to be 46 touchdowns and five picks, no matter who it is. But my point is there is a laundry list of good and bad NFL quarterbacks that Hendon hooker is, (laughs) is not just older than some of them. He's significantly older than, (laughs) so it's great. It's a great story. I couldn't dominate college football at age 25. Not saying I could, but, man, like I said, he's the same age as Josh Allen. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy.
0: Hey, you, you do what you got to do. You got to take those registered years I, when you can.
1: Oh, dude, if you would let me, if I was a sick college football player and they let me play till I was 25, <laughs> you think I'd be leaving? Not no. A, not a chance. So let me be very clear. I 100% respect what he is doing here. But
0: and especially I just with don't, NIL. I just,
1: Yeah, I just – exactly. I mean, he's not going to be – but that's the thing. It's like when people start to talk about Hendon Hooker as an NFL prospect, I'm like, that's great. But like when he gets drafted, by the time he makes his first start, he will probably be 26 years old. So just something to keep in mind. I want everyone to – I want everyone to think about that. I also just looked this up because I was curious. The average age of the quarterbacks in the 2021 playoffs in the AFC – was twenty six point seven five last year? Huh. Josh Allen twenty four, Lamar Jackson twenty four. I guess this would be two years ago. Baker Mayfield twenty five, Patrick Mahomes twenty five. So,
0: and here we are, just twenty eight years old. Here we
1: are. I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna
0: say, but like
1: anyway, I just think that needs to be. I just want to be the one who mentions it as much as possible. Yeah, that Andrew <laughs> is incredibly old.
0: There's a hill that I'm gonna die on, and this is it.
1: And that's and that's the one. I love because it. Because a lot of it too is like uh like it's not like Brandon, he's not just like standing in the pocket like a Brandon Whedon. Like a lot of it is because he's a superior
0: athlete. You
1: are know, like, well, some of the corners are nineteen. Like <laughs> I hope you're bigger and
0: stronger. Kid literally is supposed to be not, a prom right now.
1: Yes. but let me be clear. I mean this sounds my let me be clear is might not land for my words here, but I do really like Hendon Hooker. <laughs> and I do really like Tennessee's offense. And I do think they are terrific. But again, I think we just need to to take a step back here and realize who who Hendon Hooker is. He graduated high school in 2015.
0: So that is, that is wild. But hey, it's been done once before. A, a few times. These old yeah. guys, they always they always make their way. What's the the crap floats to the top. You know, the longer you're in there, it's yeah. uh you're going to make you're going to get your shot. And he's he's been Joe doing Clark a Joe Clutch had a
1: whole analyst career out of it. So, he, I think he was like 26 at Colorado at one point. He was yeah. there for a
0: while. mm mm-hmm. Mhm he uh well and with hooker too he wasn't even like the starter i mean he just kind of came into the game in against pitt last year because the starter got hurt
1: joe milton was feeding him out the former michigan backup and i watched joe milton play at michigan it was not pretty to watch joe milton play at michigan
0: no it was not he transferred somewhere i saw him the other day um uh brett any closing thoughts for this coming weekend
1: not anything particular I like. I don't have a ton going on, and it's nice when you don't have a ton going on and the <laughs> schedule kind of figures it out for you of, like, who you're watching and when. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. Like, I mean, if this is true, like, they may as well be standalone games, both of these at, at 2.30 my time, 3.30 your time, and six seven for yeah. the ESPN game. But, I mean, back-to-back, this is when you dream up a college football Saturday, for what a November and early November Saturday is going to look like mm-hmm. you want games exactly like this. And so I'm just, despite what I've said about Hen and hooker, despite what you said about LSU, <laughs> I'm just incredibly excited for a pure Americana college football Saturday. It's, and that's, that's what this is going to be.
0: It's exactly what it's going to be. And we can't wait. Uh, and then we'll be back next week to uh, chit chat about it again and do a little recap and, and dive into the picks for week 11. But Lots on the line as the college football landscape continues to slowly sift itself out uh, as these teams. Now it's November is for contenders, as the saying goes. So October is behind us. Now it's time to figure it all out. Well, with that being said, junkies, we are out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Peace. Suck the tape.